Our gospel reading is from John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he said, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed into them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later... His disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, and Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I have noticed a crispiness that settles in over this last week, a reduced capacity to be flexible and cheerful. The latest snap of winter weather here in Minnesota did not help. This crispiness can also be called failure mode, when the weight of what we are experiencing just gets to be too much. Each person processes anxiety, the loss of control, and weariness in different ways. Maybe you can take a moment right now to think about what failure mode looks like for you and then name it with the people you are with. And maybe even you are gutsy enough this morning to want to comment on this Facebook feed on what happens to you when you go into failure mode. I can picture my husband Randy right now clearly naming out loud what happens when I go into failure mode because he's seen it a lot lately. Some people go to fear, being overly cautious to just about everything. 
Others simply shut down, they withdraw, they draw this invisible bubble around themselves to keep the world out while they recalibrate. Others just simply try to control everything, slathering their advice, their opinions, and expected to-do lists on anyone within range. Now, in a more normal time, when unprocessed emotions overtake us, it would be easier to deal with our feelings by going out and doing what our bodies and our spirits need to be healthy. Take time to be alone, get physical exercise, a good night's sleep, or to engage with some spiritual practice or some activity that brings joy so we can recharge our internal battery sufficiently again. But in this time, we are too isolated or we're spending too much time with certain people on countless Zoom calls with those we work with or in close quarters with those we live with. For those on the front lines serving the community in this COVID-19 crisis, the hours demand what a body and a soul can offer. With all the financial instability, worry and unrest gnaws at the soft layers of our hearts. We're limited in where we can go and what we can do. And we have also been asked to take on things outside our comfort zone. And so we flip-flop from feeling like we're finally getting the hang of this, two, this new normal to waking up the next day waving the white surrender flag. Hence, the crispiness we feel on the edges of our spirits and the sure exhaustion in our bones. If there's any time that we can relate to a story where we find anxious men huddled in a room together, it is now. The Gospels never disclose all the personality types of the disciples. We get glimpses in stories every now and then. But we can just imagine that there is a mix of birth orders, introverts and extroverts, external and external processors, leaders and followers. And there this mixed group sits, all with bad breath and slumped shoulders, unable to move beyond the space they are in, not knowing what comes next. It is interesting, isn't it, that this real, uncomfortable, crispy time is a part of the Easter story. In this confined, stale room, the risen Christ appears. Right when things are in failure mode, Jesus enters and says, peace be with you. We recognize that word peace, don't we? We've been saying it a lot lately. We share it online each week in Facebook, typing it in along with a peace sign emoji into our Facebook comments. We're writing it on sidewalks with chalk and we use it as a salutation in our emails. But for the disciples, it wasn't an everyday word. When they heard Jesus say, peace be with you, they were drawn back to the time when Jesus was preparing them 
for when Jesus would no longer be with them. Jesus spoke to them at that time and said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You see, in John's gospel, peace is uttered when fear and despair are thick. That is where it comes, not to take away the fear, but to stay with the fear. And notice the order here. Jesus speaks peace. He shows them his wounds, the actual signs of death. You see, none of the hard stuff is denied. In fact, that's where peace comes to rest. And then Jesus breathes into them the Holy Spirit, giving them the next breath, resuscitating depleted lungs, awakening hope, a hope that will send them out to do the next thing, a presence that will accompany them on their way forward. In that breath of spirit, they experience the presence of Jesus. The word of God made flesh is with them again. They are being born again in that locked room. Jesus, Jesus breathing into them, the Holy Spirit brings us back to how God formed life by breathing into the first human. Something new is being created from the dust piles and the crispy edges. Now Thomas, for some reason, is not there in the group when Jesus first appears to them. He doesn't get to experience what the others can't stop talking about. We know that feeling, too, when everyone else sees the double rainbow or the walk-off home run or when everyone is speaking of their high school graduations the year it is uncertain how yours will happen. Maybe what Thomas is experiencing is that first feeling of FOMO the fear of missing out, of not being included. And so when Jesus appears again, Thomas is there, and he is able to speak what he needs. He wants to have his own experience of resurrection. Thomas says, I need to see the wounded body so I can experience this on my own. And it is there, seeing the marks on Jesus' body, the marks of death, that Thomas feels the Spirit fill his lungs, and he confesses in his own voice, my Lord and my God. In our failure mode, we hear today that resurrection, Jesus' presence is here as this story is spoken, and it will come to you. In John's Gospel, Jesus meets Mary at the empty tomb when she comes to grieve. Jesus shows up when the disciples are locked in a room in fear. Jesus reveals himself personally and specifically to Thomas, and then Jesus will appear again when the disciples go back to their day jobs. Resurrection will find us 
to awaken our tired minds and bodies. And the Holy Spirit will breathe to send us out in whatever will come next. I close on this Sunday before Earth Day with a video. It was just sent to me a couple days ago by Terry and Debbie Enger. They're up north, and they were able to capture the sound of the ice cracking and moaning as the warm air above and the current of living water below melt the ice out on their lake as we all live on this cusp of spring weather. Listen to it carefully. It's both eerie and hopeful. Last week, Pastor Joel talked about the earthquake of resurrection that shook creation, shaking the plates of this planet and each of us free to live again. Maybe the sounds of this video are what it sounds like when Jesus breathes into us his spirit of peace. Into the dark waters of lower Hay Lake, into your brittle, worn-out bones. Even if you don't feel it right now, it's there. It is within you and all around you, giving you and your neighbor life as you stay inside and eventually when we are sent out again. You see, we may be isolated and dispersed, but we are not alone. Jesus finds us, speaks peace, names the death, and then breathes spirit so we may be united wherever we are. The peace we offer then in our words and our actions continues to breathe this hope into the tired, locked places of this world. May this holy peace be with you today.